Super exciting episode for you today. We're talking to Rachel Griman. She is a copywriter and documentary family photographer in Denver, Colorado. She owns Green Chair Stories, a company committed to writing websites that get photographers booked. She believes cookies are a perfectly acceptable breakfast food as long as you eat some salad later. She lives with her giant dog, an 80-pound Bernadoodle named Bernadette, her giant husband, a six-foot-six man named Travis and her currently little but probably soon-to-be giant babies in a bungalow in the city. We talk about how Rachel and her team understand your brand voice. We go through their workflows with clients, why copywriting is so important in creative service-based businesses and just all businesses, how to know when you're ready to invest in a copywriter, SEO tips, the most important elements of good copy, and so much more. It is a jam-packed episode. Get your notepads ready and I hope you enjoy. Rachel has very generously given us a discount code as well to use on her products online. This is 15% off. The code is SHOTSFIRED15. Hope you enjoy. Thank you so much. Hello, Rachel. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I almost said good morning, but it's definitely not morning (laughs) over there. (laughs) Hey, it is where you are. Let's go with it. It is. So where are you right now? I'm in Denver, Colorado in my basement. Beautiful. And it's snowing mm-hmm. in April, <laughs> which is very normal. Like it snows in June here. Sometimes it's a very mm. weird weather pattern here in Colorado, but <laughs> we'll have, it'll be 70 degrees this weekend. So I can't complain. I oh, love that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, why don't you tell all of the listeners a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So I own a copywriting collective called Green Chair Stories. We are based here in Denver, Colorado. So we have four Um, people on our team besides me, we have our captain of organization and then three writers and we write websites and that's it. And we write them for photographers almost exclusively. Every once in a while, we'll take a project for another creative professional, but it's pretty much photographers. Mm. And how did you get into this? Yeah. So I was a photojournalism major in college way back when, many moons ago. And so writing and words just kind of always went together for me. And I worked in nonprofits for many years in college and then after, and I, or I guess you say university. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> but, I went to college in the States. So oh I'm yeah. So familiar. that's like, yeah. where did you go? William and Mary. Oh, cool. Yeah. So East coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where yeah, I'm from. Yeah. I'm usually from, I'm from Pennsylvania originally. So, oh, nice. um, but yeah, I was a photojournalism major and then I worked in nonprofits and I was always the writer and the photographer. You know, you wear a ton of hats when you work at a nonprofit organization. And then I started a family photography business as Green Share Stories in 2014, so nine years ago. And then within the first 18 months, I pivoted into copy because being around other photographers, I just realized how much help they needed with their words. And I was like, oh, I can do this. Like I've been doing this for years. So I took all my experience working in nonprofits and got really hungry to learn about how to apply that as um, like words that convert sales for yeah. creative businesses. So that's when I started writing copy. Amazing. It's kind of funny. Cause like when I first started making my own website and stuff, mm-hmm. I, w- I was like, Oh, it won't matter too much. What's actually uh-huh. written there. And I just like wrote a little bit about me, which like 
the way you first write about you is like no one really cares about this. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting as you go and you and you realize, okay, I need to find a way to make this actually engaging and make it work, um, mm-hmm. and not just like some words about what I do. Um, and then it's also interesting when I was looking at my website and I was like, oh, I'll get some ideas and things, and looked at other people's websites and I was like, these are all the same. Absolutely. They are. They are. And there's some things like people are like, how can you write a website that's different for every person? And I'm like, look, there's some things that are going to be the same site to site. There's going to be a homepage and an about page and a pricing page and a contact page. Like the general layout and structure should be the same. You want it to be intuitive for your clients because they're probably not looking at only your photography site or your creative business site. Um, But then within that, you can use the voice and tone that you use is catered to a specific client and how you talk about your personal experience should apply to the people you're trying to attract. So really the differentiator is your personal experience plus the demographic you're trying to reach, which should be different than your competitions. Mm -hmm. So, but because you said it, I'm curious, what made you realize that you needed to write your website differently than you had originally written it? I think I was looking at, I can't even remember what service I was looking for, but I was searching something and I came across a website that just spoke differently and it was very mm-hmm. unique and it was like a bit tongue in cheek and just had mm-hmm. personality to it. Yeah. Um, and instead of explaining things very black and white, like we do photography for families or whatever, it was very, um, it, it tied onto like emotional cues and specifics that you wouldn't necessarily think about. Um and I really liked it. It just made me want to buy it. And I was like, oh, totally. Wow. Okay. This yeah. is, um, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah. And I think that's the key for a lot of people. They see personality work in other settings in copy and they're like, oh, could I do that? Like, do I need to sound like the CEO of Walmart or can I sound like an actual <laughs> person when I write my yeah. website? Yeah, exactly. So you were doing photography, started doing yeah. copywriting. I guess that's a pretty natural, um, I guess, way into niching in photography. Um, Mm -hmm. Was that instant and it was just always photography or did you start out doing a little bit of other things as well? No, it was always photography because it just made so much sense. And I realized what a market there was for it. You know, I was in all these photography groups trying to grow my own business. I didn't know anything about growing any kind of business. So I was asking, you know, the typical questions that newbies ask when they start a business. And I felt like my contribution to the groups would be answering people's questions like, how do I write an about page? You know, and even though I wasn't that great, you know, in 2015, 2016, when I first started doing this and I've learned a lot since then, I could still lend a hand. And then I was very curious about how I could take my experience in nonprofits and learn more so I could help people more. So I took a bunch of courses, read a bunch of books, followed a lot of people, you know, just got a lot of the online education and felt like I could really make a living out of this. I mean, you know this more than anyone. There's like got to be a million photographers on this planet. Like, I would not be surprised. That does not feel like an exaggeration to me. Especially (laughs) these days. (laughs) Exactly. So it's just like, I'll never run out of work. And I feel like I understand photographers more than most, if not all copywriters. Um, I mean, I'm not going to ever say I'm the best, but I feel like I have such a deep understanding of the demographic that it's like, why change? Why like fix something that's not broken? No, it's like an expertise. It's, It's such an asset. Mm-hmm. 
So when you, when you work with clients, do you have like a certain tone and style as a copywriter or do you kind of blend and meld to whatever it is that they need? Yeah. So I like to say you should be able to work with anyone on our team and they should be able to match your voice because especially with photographers, but any creative business owner that runs it by themselves. And like, if your name is the business name, especially you have a voice and your brand voice isn't going to be much different than that, unless you have a large team and everybody kind of needs to adopt, you know, this brand story, your personal voice is probably just going to be your brand voice if you're a solo solopreneur. So we really have the luxury of not having to develop, you know, a message from scratch because the message lives within each of our clients and within their experience and within what they're passionate about. So if we dive into deep into who they are and also dive just as deep into who their favorite clients are, that kind of Venn diagram where those two things overlap is the voice. And mm-hmm. so if the client isn't funny and doesn't want to be funny, you won't <laughs> be funny, you know, even though that's very much our brand voice because mm-hmm. Green Share Stories is no longer me. It's now a team. So our brand voice is very humorous. Like we want to make people laugh. We want to entertain people. But that doesn't mean every site we write is humorous. In fact, when people ask to be funny, sometimes I've had to tell them like, that's not how you come across. And that's not what your clients appreciate about you. (laughs) And it might not be that they're not funny. They might just not be funny in their work. Yep. You know, especially, you know, the super emotional photographers who have like very serious photos that you can tell were curated and created through like really intense posing and prompting Mm. humor on those sites. You know, it's very, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I've definitely had to have that hard conversation with people. It's like, I know you appreciate humor, but if you're not doing that with your clients, that's not how you should show up on your site because the person that they read on your website should be the person that shows up to the session. And if there's a mismatch there, you're going to constantly be disappointing people or at the very least not meeting their expectations. So we work really, really hard to embody the person that they are to their clients. Yep. Do you feel like you give a lot of your clients guidance in that way of what actually matches them? Yes. (laughs) Because they will have an idea of who they are. And I would say a big percentage of that idea is right, but there's always a couple notes that they're missing or hitting wrong that their clients clarify for us Mm -hmm. because we interview like two or three of their favorite clients in the process, just so we can get a really good idea of what the experience was like and specifically how they felt when they said yes to hiring them. Like what made the client say yes to hiring the photographer? Because that's what you want to write your copy about. You know, that's the point that you want to hone in on when you're trying to convince more people to hire you, whatever made those other people that you loved say yes. So the clients are typically telling us, no, 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 this is the best part about working with them. And honestly, nine times out of 10, all of the clients are pointing to the same thing. Like if the photographer has been in business a while and they're good at what they do and not just good at what they do, but they understand who they are and what they want to be photographing and how that comes across and what their clients say about them. We see a lot of consistency. That's why we do it. It's to me, it's the most valuable part of our process. And if you're writing your own website, it's the most valuable thing you can do is talk to your clients about what they felt and why. I'd love to hear more about that process of how you understand the client's brand voice. Yeah. So it, 
there's a lot of things that go into it. Number one is they fill out like a 40 question questionnaire. So it takes them a long time. There's a lot of homework <laughs> and they have to take a personality test. I personally really love the Enneagram. It's my favorite personality test. So, and that's the it. one me and my writers understand the most. So, yeah. and I don't like to put people in a box. Like that's not what we're doing with that test. It's more, the reason I like the Enneagram for what we do is that it tells you what somebody's greatest fear is, what their greatest motivation is. And knowing those two things about somebody really helps you write for them. Mm -hmm. And so once we understand what their number is, we have a much better idea, like the head and heart space that they operate from. And then you can kind of view their questions, the answers to our questions in that lens. And it just kind of like crystallizes everything and puts it into focus. And then we read every single social media post. We read every square inch of their current website. And we read every single review that's ever been left for them from any client. And then we interview two or three of their favorite past clients. So we kind of take all of this information and we compile it into a very short one-page document called a one-reader document. And it basically tells us the exact person that they're trying to attract. And it's based in real people. I have a big pet peeve about people like having like avatars, mm -hmm. not that they don't work because they do, but I just don't know why we don't use real people, especially yeah. if you've been in business for a long time and you know exactly who your favorites are. Your one reader, your one ideal client should just be those people. And you should yep. write everything about your business directly to them. You should answer their questions. You should address their hesitations and their pain points. You should celebrate what they were excited about when they reached out to you in the first place. And you should talk about love in a way that is resonant with that couple or family or whoever you're photographing. Or if you're a brand, whatever, you just talk about or any kind of business, those are the main points, hesitations, pain points, excitement, like that's what you address in the copy. And so if you can chat with your past clients about what that is, then your brand voice, your tone is obviously different than addressing those things, but that's kind of like the sprinkles. Like mm. the ice cream is knowing what the pains and hesitations and joys are of your favorite clients. And then the toppings is knowing how to say that in a way that feels like you or for us mm -hmm. feels like our clients. I love that. It's like, instead of having this vague idea of the kind of client, mm -hmm. literally speaking about someone that you've worked very closely with and yeah. know some of the answers to these questions to, um, I feel like that immediately, even just ticking over in my head now, thinking of like yeah. some of my favorite clients, it's like, oh, I can answer those questions immediately. A hundred percent. Yeah. And if you write your website, like a platonic love letter to that specific client, it all of a sudden becomes so much easier because you know what your rapport is like with them. You know how they talk, you know what they respond to, and you know who you are in the conversation. So your real voice comes out not your CEO of Walmart business voice. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. What's your Enneagram number? I'm a two. Oh, me what too. Are you? Yeah. I'm a two as well. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so when do you think um, people should start investing in a copywriter? Because it is such a daunting process. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. if you don't know all of this information and, and what a difference it can make, 
you just look at the figure and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) Yes, totally. And I'm the first person to say it's not the right time for you because a new, like we just had a very brand new business owner inquire this week. And I said, you know, I encourage you to do this on your own, you know, get your feet wet, figure out who you want to work with. And I always say this, but if you don't kiss a couple of frogs and figure out who you don't like working with, then you probably don't have a great idea of who you do like working with. Cause you know, in the beginning of your, any business, you just say yes, because you just want to make money. So you just say yes to everything. And until you figure out kind of, and that wasn't for me, or that kind of person isn't for me, or that kind of project isn't for me. It's, you have to get a lot of things wrong before you get it right. And so I do not encourage people to drop thousands of dollars before they have a really good idea of what it is they're setting out to do, because your copy is going to change so much in the first couple of years of your business, or it should, because you should constantly be evolving that person that you're trying to talk to. So that's why I wrote, like, we have a DIY guide for photographers to write their website. And it's literally just my step-by-step process written out in a PDF And to let people do it themselves, because I felt so bad that there were so many new photographers coming to us and I couldn't help them because it was like, I'm not going to ask you to invest this money. It's not worth it. And so it's like, here, this is $199. Do it yourself. Walk through it. It's not going to be perfect. It might not even be great, but you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And it's a great cost-effective way to start. Um, But I always say once you're a couple years in and you've been around the block a couple of times and you have that picture of what you want to do and who you want to do it for, then it's, and you just like, can't figure out how to get it in front of people. That's when you hire the professionals. I feel like that's exactly where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thought of like me doing this, cause I'm about three years in now, mm-hmm. the thought of me doing this last year or even the year before that is like, wow, so yeah. much has changed since then. And I there's so much growth in those first years. Yeah. yeah. And you would have regretted the decision and it would have yep. made you hesitant to do it again. So mm-hmm. the reason that I say no is because it's like, I don't want to put a bad taste in somebody's mouth for hiring any type of ser- like creative service professional, because yeah. it's like, there's a time and a place and some people are perfectionists. So they want to do it right. Like you said, in like the first year of business, but how much more ready do you feel now? And you probably have a better idea of who you want to work with, even as a professional, like who might dive with you. Completely. If I tried to explain my ideal client two years ago, I mean, I was just taking anything. I just wanted to work. So I didn't know. Absolutely. And until I worked with those kinds of people, like maybe I thought my ideal client was this person. And then until I worked with five of them and now I'm like, I don't want to work with them ever again. (laughs) (laughs) So what is something that you did? Like even not a type of person, but just like a style of something you did. Mm -hmm. That's like, never again, I won't do it. Um, probably like straight e-com photography stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Like product. Yeah. I tried to convince myself that that was something I could get into. Um, but it was purely because I knew that people some people needed it. And I was like, yeah. I can be that person. But totally. I didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way with like seniors. Like mm-hmm. I never, I do not want to photograph a senior in high school. It's just yeah. not my gifting. And there's so many people that are so good at it. It's like, why would I do that in my life? Mm-hmm. And, but you had to do it probably a couple times to be like, there is not an amount of money that is worth it mm-hmm. to me to take on this project. Yeah. So, so I'm true. curious, who's your ideal client now? 
Um, well, I have two sides to my business. So I have weddings yeah. and I have a commercial mm-hmm. side, but I'll talk about the wedding side because that's the one that I'm really cute on. Mm-hmm. Um, it is couples who like they value aesthetics, but more than anything, they just want to have fun. Um, yeah. They want the process to be easy, light. They don't mm-hmm. want too much like posing and like really emotional. Mm-hmm. They just want to have a party and yeah. have me there to document it. So yes, yeah. pretty much what I'm going yeah. for. So like, that's the main message then is ease, ease, mm-hmm. relaxation. I'm not going to send you 75 different guides and documents, and I'm not going to make you feel like you're at a magazine photo shoot, like yeah. all of that stuff. Um, that's great though. And like yeah. what a journey that it's been in just three years to get you there. Mm, completely. So when inquiries come in, how do you decide whether you take that job or you send it to an associate or what's that kind of process like? Yeah. So right now I'm kind of on a little bit of a hiatus from writing myself. Our life is just a little nuts. Um, So I'm managing all of the projects for my writers. So I will do it if somebody wants to pay my rate. My rate is a lot higher than my associates. So it kind of very natural. And I made it that way. It's like, if you really want to pay me that much, I will do it for you. (laughs) But my brain is at a premium right now. (laughs) I've got about two cells left. So you're going to pay for them (laughs) if you get them. And my associates are just like on fire and they are in it and they have so much energy around it right now. And I have found a really good rhythm in being their editor and kind of being their copy chief and just helping them see the big picture. And then they get into the nitty gritty of actual writing. So when somebody comes in, um, it's pretty, I know my writers really well. And so it's pretty easy for me to see who they're going to match with the best. And there's so many genres with it. I know it sounds like I'm in a niche, but there's so many genres within photography that I know which of my writers is more well-suited or is a little bit like one of my writers is like, I never want to write an elopement adventure photographer ever again. Like, please take that off of my client list. So I will never give her one, (laughs) but I have another uh, writer who loves it. So it's very easy for me to see who matches with who And, um, so basically if people are game, I match them with a writer and then they get on the list. We work with one client at a time. So each of our writers will only have one client for the week that they're writing for them. That way they can be all in on their brand and their voice. It's really hard when you're in such a specific niche to have two different voices in your head at the same time. So we structured our entire business around being able to serve one person at a time. Um, and that takes a week, that process. mm -hmm. Well, it's 11 days start to finish. So if, if somebody books with us, they have their call on a Monday with the writer that they're assigned to. And then the writer, um, obviously goes into that call, having done all of the research I already talked about. Mm -hmm. So they're very knowledgeable about the person by the time they get on that call, that call is just like, this is what I know about you. Yes or no. (laughs) And kind of just getting clarifying answers from our clients. Yeah. <laughs> but we just like to like check in. Like this is the yeah. direction we're heading. Course correct if we're not right here. Because that writer gets off the phone and they start writing immediately. Mm-hmm. And so they turn in their draft to me usually by Thursday or Friday of that week. Then we I edit it and then the writer edits it again with like including what I said to change and then they deliver the first draft the following Monday. So exactly a week from the first call they have their first draft. And then that photographer has five business days, Monday through Friday to edit with the writer. So as much as they want to get in the Google doc and make changes, they can. Um, So it's 11 days from start to finish. And, but the editing process sometimes will overlap with like a new 
um, client like on that Monday, but they're never in the writing phase at the same time for two photographers. So very cool. It's fast and furious, but usually people come to us and they're like, Hey, I hired a designer and I thought I could write the copy myself, but it turns out I hate this. Will you do it for me? (laughs) So we want to make it. That's why we have so many writers on the team because we usually don't even have a wait list. It's like, we can get you in within the next three weeks. Yeah. What would you say to people who believe that they don't need a copywriter because all of their leads come from Instagram anyway? I mean, more power to you if that's what you believe. Like I am not in the business of like changing people's minds, but I would say good luck because the algorithm is going to change in two weeks. Like (laughs) it's great. It's it honestly, it is an, I hate it when people say Instagram is not a viable way to run a business because it is. I have seen several photographers have success. I am going to say there's a lot more photographers trying to have success on Instagram than actually are. So take that into account if it's not working and you're still just banging on that door. (laughs) Because even if people are coming from Instagram, your website is still the place they're going first. Even if they found you on Instagram, even if they followed you forever, they are not going to reach out to you until they go to your website. So your website better back up whatever your Instagram is saying. And you have to be pretty damn impressive on Instagram for people to bypass your website. I'm talking like 100, 200K followers. You know, you have to be a little bit Instagram famous for people to not care what's on your website. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you there's not that many people listening who have that kind of following. Mm -hmm. So, and you're probably priced too low if you're booking exclusively off of Instagram (laughs) because you should be building the value of whatever you're charging and you need a lot more than a grid to do that. Did that answer your question? I feel like I went on a different. (laughs) No, no, no. It was because that's kind of, that was my mindset, um, you know, in the past. And I actually felt like it was um, a bit of a cop out because it's probably you're getting all of your leads from Instagram because people might be going to your website and then thinking this isn't for me. So maybe you're just missing an entire opportunity to have equal leads or even more from your website because it's better ones. Exactly. Yeah. And then you can pick and choose what, you know, clients you actually want to work with instead of taking crumbs from Instagram. Absolutely. And even I use Instagram. One of our main lead sources is Instagram as a company. But you better believe they're all finding me on Instagram and then going to my website and seeing if it's a fit. And if somebody only has 500 bucks to pay a copywriter, I don't want them and they don't want me, you know? So it's like, I can filter that out and save myself some admin time from having a website that's informative. Yep. Do you feel like there's a trade-off sometimes between writing creatively and writing in a way that drives sales or is there like a happy medium? I think there's a little bit of a trade-off if I'm being completely honest. I love poetry. I love prose. I love long essays about my feelings. (laughs) Like uh, if I could write that on my website, it would be easier because I don't have to go into the psychology of anyone else. But sales is about the psychology of your buyer a lot more than it is about being creative, you know, and creativity is attractive, but it doesn't always provide the value of what you're selling. You know, you really have to give in copy, like conversion copy style, the value and build it to say, do you want to give me several thousand dollars for this? 
you know, like you, very few people could like put up some direct flash blurry photos and a poem and get 10 K for a wedding, you know? Mm -hmm. And even though I think that's beautiful and I might be motivated by it now, I will say there is always a demographic that can sell that, but it, you have to have built a following somewhere else that's going to attract those kinds of people to your website. Because if you're writing creatively, you're probably not writing for SEO. So you're not getting found that way. So there's so many different things that play into the way your website presents itself. And you have to have lead generation somewhere. So people need to know what they're getting into. So maybe lead generation is coming from Instagram and you're super creative and poetic on there. And then your website matches that. I could totally see that being a good selling point for people, but Mm -hmm. conversion copy is always going to win in my mind because at the end of the day, people are spending a lot of money with us and I want to make sure that they're making it back. Yep. I love that. That's a good way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of SEO, do -hmm. you have any tips on how you can optimize your website for SEO if you are doing it yourself? Or is that just something that you should leave to the experts. (laughs) I mean, I, there is so much education about SEO. You do not need to leave it to the experts. We do have an SEO expert on that, on our team. And that person is not me. It's, um, my assistant Jess just like took a bunch of classes and got certified in a bunch of different ways. Um, so what I have learned from her, so this is secondhand SEO education (laughs) is every single page needs to have a different target keyword. And there's this thing called keyword cannibalization. So if you are going to be a Denver family photographer, you should only be a Denver family photographer on one page. Mm -hmm. You should not compete with yourself for that keyword on another page. So you can map out your website according to the keywords that you want to hit. So that's a really important one. Naming your images is a really important one that a lot of people forget. You should name your images for that keyword of whatever that page is. your H1 headline should be that keyword that you assign to that page. And then you should try to incorporate it as many times as is naturally possible on that page. Um, so those are like the big tips without getting into like the nitty gritty of like tools you can use and how to research your keywords and what you should look for. Um, but if you are in the beginning of your business, I will tell you this. There are a couple things that are going to naturally catch your attention about being a business owner. If SEO is one of them, go down the rabbit hole. You will, if if that is naturally attractive to you, there's nothing wrong with learning how to do that yourself. If it is not attractive to you, it will be very frustrating to try to teach yourself. Same girl. I have no desire. (laughs) Jack just raised her hand and I was like, yes, that's me. me. (laughs) That's why I hired someone else to learn how to do it. Whose brain works that way. Um, so, so does she work with every client you have to make sure that those web pages are optimized? So she is available as an add-on. You can add Jess okay. on to your awesome. package because I don't, it's a valuable service and I don't think everyone cares. Yeah. Like there's just some people that are hanging out on page 72 for their keyword. And they're like, that's not the way that I'm going to book clients. I'm going to find another way to market because I can list 10 different ways to market your business, whatever you do that have nothing to do with SEO. So I don't think you need SEO to be successful, but if you want it, I want it to be an option for our people. I don't want it to be included in every package as like an extra 750 bucks for like the most basic thing if you're not going to do anything with it. Because the other thing about SEO is it is a long game. You can't just 
fix it and forget it. Like you have to keep updating. So I don't want to make people get into that game if they have no desire. Um, But yeah, back to what I was saying though, like follow your natural inclinations because there's so many different ways to run a business and there's certain pieces of it that are going to be shiny and fun and let yourself get lost in it because it will serve you later. And if you ever need to pivot or want to pivot in your business, you will have gained this other skill that is marketable and fun that can be applied to any business, not just whatever you do right now, like copywriting. Copywriting is a great skill to learn on your own. I would love to work myself out of a job and have other people do this. Like, I'm not intimidated by that at all, but pay attention to the skills that are appealing to you within your business. Sorry, that was a tangent, but I'm really passionate about that. A really good tip, because especially when you are just starting there are so many things and it can become so overwhelming if you're trying to do everything. But -hmm. if you really pay attention to those things that do feel fun and light and easy to you, then you're going to go a lot further than if you try to do everything mediocre. Terribly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with marketing. Like I always say, pick one or two that you know you can do well and go all in there. Like, and then once you have it down, you can maybe add on and add more to your marketing strategy, but don't try to do everything at once or you're just going to get burned out so fast. So true. Have there been any times that you've said no to a job? And if so, why? Oh yeah. I've definitely said no to jobs. I've said no to a lot of jobs. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's just, they want it too fast. And I'm like, we can't like I'm sorry, we don't have availability on Monday. Like our our research process takes a couple of weeks leading up to a call. Yeah. Um, I've said no because of budget. I've said no because they just weren't a right a good fit. Like they weren't a photographer at all. And so I have lots of copywriter friends that I just have a list of referrals and I refer them out. Um, once I said no because it did not align, the client did not align ethically and morally with our company. It just was very clear. It's like, I can't ask any of my writers to write for you. Like, it just isn't going to work. Like they were very, um, they were like in a lawsuit with the state where they lived because they didn't want to photograph an LGBTQ couple or something. It was something along those lines. (laughs) And it's like, you do you, I am not in my business. Yeah. I'm not in this business to change anybody's mind about much of anything, but at the same time, in good conscience, knowing that all of my writers are very aligned with me on that issue specifically, it was like, I can't ask any of them to do that. That would be so unfair. So, and again, I try to keep politics out of my business, especially here in America. It's like so hard to, you're poking a bear when you say anything. Um, but that one was pretty like cut and dry and I would do it again. hundred percent. I would too. Yeah. (laughs) So I have no problem saying no, I'm actually, it's my, one of my few superpowers. I'm really good at writing hard emails or like having those conversations. I bet you would be. It's a good (laughs) skill to have. I bet you are too, though. I think Enneagram (laughs) twos, it's like a natural skill set. Yeah. You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, have there been any kind of mistakes or blunders you've made along the way that you had to recover from? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's so many. Um, I'm trying to think. I think the biggest one was when I first got started, this um, couple, they were educators in the photography world. I mean, who isn't? But mm-hmm. they, I got like swept up into their group. And so all of my clients were coming from their Facebook group it was just kind of this like incestual like referral pool. 
And I was very small minded and thinking I needed to like, kind of like kiss the rings of the educators and do whatever they said so I could stick around, not realizing how big this industry is. (laughs) And like, I can... I can never work with anyone from this group ever again. And there's still 900,000 other people that I can work with. And again, it wasn't like a good moral ethical fit for me, but I didn't know them personally. So it was just like kind of some assumptions. And I stayed in that group for a long time and had a lot of really exhausting clients because they weren't my people. Like I thought I, again, the same way I was saying a lot of photographers do, I thought I had to take what was coming to me Mm. and I didn't. I could dictate who I worked with and I could find marketing channels that were not this one referral source. So I think that's the mistake is just having one main referral source, whatever it is, and not being willing to look outside of it and like Mm -hmm. holding so tightly to it and panicking every time it got threatened. It's like, I haven't had a referral from that group in four years and it's been great and fine. You know, like there's so many fish in the sea and I didn't need to like hang my hat there. But once you're in that, it is um, daunting to let go because you're like, yeah. well, things are good. I'm getting the jobs. I'm getting totally. paid. Why would I leave? Yeah. And it was the very beginning of my business, like the very, very beginning. So I just did not know what I did not know. And yeah. now looking back, I'm like, oh, poor sweet Rachel. I cried so many tears and was so stressed for so long. And it's like, I just didn't need to do that. But it was a great learning experience. And I think it has radically transform my attitude about, um, abundance. Like, Mm -hmm. I just think there's room for everyone. Like I'm not threatened by anyone. I'm not trying to take anybody else's lunch. Like, I just think there's enough for all of us to go around. And Mm -hmm. if a client says no to me, I'm like, bummer. Is there anything I did? No. Great. They're a better fit for you. I'm happy for you. You know, like that's Mm -hmm. literally how I feel about it. And I don't think I would have that perspective if I didn't spend that first year, like panicking about where the next lead was coming from. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like in my early years, I was a bit of that competitive mm-hmm. nature as well. Like if someone got a job that I wanted, I would be like, mm, I'm going to get yeah. the next one. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's just so much to go around. It, there really, really yeah. is. Um, and some of that my- is good. I think some yeah. of that is motivating to be like, yeah. oh, she got to do that. I really wanted to do that, but I only think it's good if it's like clarifying for your own vision and your own goals, not just saying, I want to beat her, you know? And so I like keep like a, like very squinty eye on what other people in my world are doing, but it's more just for like gossip, not for like my actual livelihood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, are there any blunders you see on photographers' websites, like the same mistakes that you see again and again? Yeah, I love that you said blunders. I feel like I have not heard that word in <laughs> I don't maybe ever. And I love I feel it. Like I've said it like five times. <laughs> no, I think it's fabulous. Um, we just don't use it over here and right, I'm gonna start okay. saying it more. Um there's a lot that I see. Yeah. A big one is jumping into your philosophy or who you are on right on your homepage when they land. It's like hero image, maybe an H1 that's got a keyword. And then like, hi, I'm Rachel. This is what I believe about what I do. And this is who I serve. And this is what I love about it. And it's like, everybody's just so excited to get their perspective out there. But you have to remember whatever those photos are, especially if you're a photographer, but whatever your product is, whatever your offer is, that is what you're selling, not what you think about it. So 
you want to jump into the head or into the mind of the person reading your site. So again, it's very important that you intimately know who you are speaking to. That's number one. Before you sit down to write a word on your site, you need to know who you're writing to. Um, Or if you don't know yet because you're new, guess. Take a solid guess about who you like. Um, And then you want to kind of think about what brought them to your website, what question led them there, what desire, what need, what excitement led them there. Think about how they're feeling in their soul when they pull up your site. Maybe you're the 10th site they're looking at that day or that week. So you want to give them a little bit of a brain break. Um, Maybe they're really excited about it. Let's say it's an engaged couple and they're kind of getting frustrated with this process you want to join them in their excitement. You want to remind them again of what this is all about. So you talk about relationships or love in a way that is really, really, um, really, really resonates with them. So you kind of pull them into this like little world and then you can start talking about what you do, who you are, how you're going to make their life easier. But the first thing they see on their website should just very specifically address the reason that they're there. And it should be more about them than it is about you. So that's a big, big one that I see. Mm-hmm. And that, do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Go I've got it. like 15 <laughs> of these. I, I won't bore you that long, but uh, wasting your contact page is another one. And I have heard other copywriters give advice directly opposed to this. So pick your poison, trust whoever you will. <laughs> um, this is just my personal slash professional opinion. Don't waste it. Every photographer or ev- like look at other people in your um, industry and look at what they have. It probably says, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for being here. I will get back to you within 48 hours, leave your information below and then a contact form. Mm-hmm. I When we write websites, the most common pages visited are home about and contact. So I want people, if they only read the home about and contact to get a full scope of what this person is about and what they offer and why they are the right choice. So don't waste the contact page. Like you did the hard work of getting them there. Reference whatever the main big idea of your copy was on the homepage. Reference it again, tie it all together. If you open a loop, which you should do on the homepage copy, get them start thinking about their excitement or their pain or their hesitation, then you close that loop with your solution on the contact page. It shouldn't be long. It should be two to three sentences, but it should be really convincing to get them to say, oh yeah, I definitely want to. It's like the closing note that they hear before they reach out to you. Um, What else do I see? (laughs) People talk a lot about like what they like to eat and drink on their about pages. So many margaritas. Yeah. And coffee (laughs) and Jesus and which is fine. Fine. Those are all well and good, but only if those are the things that you talk to your clients about. If every single client you've ever had talks about margaritas, then put it on your bat page, lead with it, but do it in a way that's different than everyone else. Like look at what other people are doing and stand out. Like if you're going to do something cliche, do it in a way that's not cliche. Um, and so those just don't really make up your personality. So talk more about something that I always say to people, think about the conversations you have about yourself with your clients that really make them go, wow, or make them connect with you or make them ask more questions of you. And those are the stories. Those are the facts that you put on your about page. I've got one final question. Yeah. 
And that is, what are the most important elements of good copy to you? I know that's super vague. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's roll with it. Yeah. I mean, it depends on who it is and what industry it is and all of that. But headlines are so important because most people only read the headlines, like they skim. So it's really important to have a headline that makes them want to keep reading the body copy. Um, or it is important to have headlines that gives them the picture, gives them a glimpse of what they're going to get below. Um, so either, or you can ask questions in headlines. That's a really good way to pull people in. Um, another really important part of copy, good calls to action. People forget to put buttons at the end of every paragraph or every section leading the person where you want them to go. Um, most of your calls to action throughout on the interior pages of your website should be to your contact page. The whole goal is to push people to your contact page on your homepage. Um, it's a little bit more like when you welcome someone into your home, you're kind of giving them all the options and instructions of where they can go and what they can do. It can be like, take your shoes off. This is where you grab a drink. This is where we're going to sit down. What would you like to eat? What show would you like to watch? Like you're giving them a little bit of everything on your homepage. And so you should have links and calls to action buttons that lead to the interiors, but you should still have at least two call to action buttons that go to your contact page on your homepage. So I think that's a really important one that people forget. Um, Also good copy is like a sister to good design. You can write the best copy in the world. And if it's formatted badly, nobody's going to read it. It's really, really hard when I see even copy we write designed poorly because clients like didn't want to invest in both. And so you don't want to have these big chunks of text that are really long. The design needs to support the words. Um, You want to be punchy. You want to be short. You want um, sentences that don't stretch across the entire screen of a desktop, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 to 12 words on one line. That's it. And um, so, yeah, really, really, really think about the design when it comes to headlines, body copy and CTAs, like all of that is kind of goes hand in hand. Do you have people that you recommend for design that you work with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a whole list because the longer I'm doing this, the more specific other people are getting. So it's like some people only design in Squarespace. Some people only design in WordPress or show it. Some people only sell templates. Some people only customize other people's templates. So it really, I think it's hard and overwhelming for business owners to think about their website because There's so many moving pieces. You can hire five different people to launch a new website if you really wanted to. And I think that's really hard because it's like, okay, do I invest 10K in a designer that's going to do it all? Or do I buy a two to $500 template and then pay someone to customize that template for me? You know, there's just so many ways to do it. And I think it can feel really daunting to people. So I'm trying to... I have recommendations for every version that they can do, and then they can kind of mix and match and figure out what feels the most worth it to them. Awesome. Do you have anything else that you want to end on? I mean, I feel like I have been a real chatty Kathy with this you. This has been so amazing, <laughs> honestly. No, don't. This has been so great. I think it's like it gives you the knowledge to like be confident going forward with this because, again, if you don't know Um, what goes into it and what results you can get from this. It is just such a daunting thing to like invest this much um, into it without knowing. So I feel like it's such a good 
knowledge base for people to start thinking about this, implementing it. Um, and then when they're in that right place, reaching mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. pulling the and trigger. Again, yeah. Thinking about what lights you up. It's like maybe copy is something that you feel like you can DIY. Try it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're really good at it, you know? And that's what, again, with designers, like some people are really good at DIYing their design. So you just need to figure out what, and like some people are going to listen to this episode and be like, I never want to write a word a day in my life. I cannot <laughs> wait to hire this out, you know? Yeah. And there's just like all there, people run the spectrum. So just think about that as you like decide what to invest your money in. There is no perfect way to invest your money. It's all about what you like and what works for this phase of your business. Yeah. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, any Mm -hmm. offers you have at the moment, all of the things. Yeah. I am on Instagram pretty frequently, daily, regularly. It's just at green chair stories. That's my handle. Um, and I answer all my DMs. So slide on in there if you have questions. Um, and my blog has like almost 10 years of content that's free. If you would like to learn for free, um, that's just greenchairstories.com. And then we have, I'm sorry for people who are not photographers, but we have a DIY guide for photographers to write their site on their own. We have email templates for wedding photographers and family photographers who want it's basically an email for every single step of your workflow. So you can just plug them right into your CRM and customize as you go. And they're really like personality packed. Um, They're fun. You know, they're for people who like want to have a little bit of fun and joke with their clients. Yeah. And then very, very soon, hopefully in the next week or two. So maybe by the time this comes out, we are launching um, a two products, families and wedding photographer client questionnaires that they can ask to get to know their clients beforehand. And then also our portfolio reviews. So you can get my eyes on your portfolio. I will figure out who you're trying to talk to, who that one reader is, and then help you figure out which photos of yours speak the most to those clients. I love that. That would be super helpful. Yeah. So it's going to be cheap. It's really fast and it's me. So that's like the best way to work with me one-on-one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, those are all coming soon. So that was a lot of information I just gave all of you. (laughs) DM me if you have questions. (laughs) You're going to be influxed in the DMs. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much, Rachel. This has been so insightful and helpful and um, it's got my brain ticking. Oh, good. I'm I'm so glad. Whip my (laughs) copy into shape. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.